Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, I'm Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy and the chair of the People Analytics Future of Work Conference Series. And I'm here today with Eric Owski of LinkedIn. Eric, thanks for joining me. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Al. I'm excited to be here. So, Eric, uh, introduce yourself to the world. I mean, you have created an innovative product with your team there at LinkedIn, LinkedIn Talent Insight. So what's that all about? Yeah, so I'm on the Talent Solutions product team at LinkedIn and lead a couple of our business lines. Uh, Talent Insights is a product that I've had the pleasure of working on for really the last 18 months or so. It's taken me on multiple journeys around the world. I've had the opportunity to interact with hundreds of talent leaders, uh, including uh, a number of people analytics leaders who are doing very, very cool stuff within their organizations. And uh, and all of that kind of culminated several weeks ago when we launched officially um, Talent Insights globally. And Talent Insights is a real-time data product that takes all of LinkedIn's data on the global labor market um, and makes it available on demand to talent leaders and talent professionals for the first time. So the raw materials that we're working with uh, at LinkedIn, we have almost 600 million members now globally. Uh, We have about 20 million jobs at any given time, 35,000 standardized skills, 23,000 standardized titles, And uh, we're able to leverage all of that, I think, to tell a story about demand and supply within the global labor market and uh, how talent is emerging and moving between companies and cities. And I think it's it's critical data for making talent decisions. Sure. I mean, it's safe to say that nearly all of those who are viewing and listening are users of LinkedIn or they're on the platform. So you can only imagine the preponderance of data that you're you're talking about. So what are some of the use cases for you know this this tool? Yeah, so I think I'll say that we've we've identified a handful of use cases that we believe are the most common, but I think as we observe many of our early customers use the product, we're also seeing how their imaginations open up uh, about how the data can be applied to business challenges that they're facing. But I think You know, in short, there are really five that we've talked about consistently. There's recruiting strategy, workforce planning, competitive intelligence, site location strategy, and employer brand. Those are the five that we've really identified that have been the most consistent use cases we've seen from customers in every segment, every region of the world. Well, you know, given that, talk to me about uh, recruiting strategy first and foremost. And I guess that relates to workforce planning in terms of identifying where the people who have certain skills are are located in, in the country. And obviously, we have a recent example with what uh, Amazon has done in selecting their headquarters too, splitting between uh, New York and Northern Virginia. So yeah, can you walk us through what that looks like? Yeah, I'd say probably in sequence, workforce planning is the place that most companies start. So it's a you know long-term two to three-year planning process. And there are some questions that I think Talent Insights is able to answer that have, uh, for the most part, been hard to answer uh, in workforce planning processes in the past. So the big question I think that drives workforce planning is, how do we acquire the talent we need to achieve our strategic plans as a business? Uh, mm-hmm. So if we have a new growth strategy in Asia-Pacific, Um, What talent will we need to support that growth strategy? If we have a new R&D initiative, what talent do we need to support that? And along with those questions come some very stark realities, uh, namely that some locations may not have the supply of talent you need, or maybe the talent just simply doesn't exist. Um, And so workforce planning starts to raise these big questions about 
where do we go and get the talent we need? Who employs that talent today? Uh, do we have the talent internally that we could leverage to retrain, redevelop, and redeploy against some of the objectives we have? And Talent Insights is able to provide some insight on your own workforce. Um, and I think arguably provides a better a uh, better set of insights on your own skills yep. uh, within your workforce today than you're able to get out of your HR system just because data hygiene on skills is typically not great. Can, so I think we started to see some, some you know, exciting developments with long-term workforce planning. Yeah, absolutely. So I have two questions there. And uh, the first one's around skills because you mentioned uh, the taxonomy and just the nature of defining skills. And you have put forth uh, a means in which to capture that uh, many years ago now. And obviously that's been built up, you know, over the years. So yeah, how do you solve for you know, identifying skill accuracy, if you will. And I understand that this is an evolving challenge and there's no like yeah. perfect you know, answer, but I imagine that's something that pops up for listeners. Yeah, so I, I would say that we're very transparent about the strengths and weaknesses of LinkedIn skill data, but we believe on, on balance, it's the best record of what yeah. people are capable of doing anywhere in the world. So the way that we've approached the problem is it's not enough to just have the in information and input that members leave us on their profiles. That is a critical component and critical input to the broader picture of, of what skills a person has. But we have also been able to leverage a lot of the little clues that members give us on their profiles uh, and developed models that we have referred to as implicit skills and inferred skills. Um, those, along with the skills that members add to their profiles explicitly, make up the, the skill counts that are included in Talent Insights. So with both the implicit and, and inferred skills models, there's a lot of sophisticated machine learning I involved in both of those models. And we believe that we've arrived at, a, at models that uh, identify the skills that members have with a very high degree of accuracy, such that when you're looking for the supply of someone with machine learning skills or artificial intelligence skills, um, that the data in Talent Insights is going to tell the right story about how much supply there is uh, for those markets. And so based on what you're sharing, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm an individual and I'm looking to elevate in my career, which most people are, um, there is an incentive to keep my skills fresh, to actually put forth that, hey, I'm able and or interested in, in doing this, um, this piece of work, um, applying these skills. Is that a fair statement? So the value proposition is coming back to the individual as well. Is, is that fair? Yeah, that's right. And I think what's interesting too, so that is, that is exactly right. And we find that the skills that members input generally are reflective of what they do because they're using it for, they're using LinkedIn to advance their own career. So you're right. There's yeah. a built-in incentive to be accurate. What's also exciting is that as we've developed these models for inferred and implicit skills, we're also going to become much better at suggesting to LinkedIn members the skills that they should have on their profile. Nice. So, um, so these models have already helped us build better prompts to LinkedIn members uh, sometimes they have hard skills that they weren't even aware that they had uh, or could have, but because of the related skills on their profile, we know with a, a very high degree of accuracy that they also have some skills that aren't aren't surfaced. Well, yeah, and I'm very excited and uh, support, needless to say, the fact that you as an organization take a members only approach, and and that you know further emphasizes that that fact. I want to go back to the second question that I didn't ask earlier around workforce planning, because workforce planning has been around, you know, for 
ever, arguably, but certainly post-World War II, we talk about force planning with military. And then we had organizations that were relatively static, so you could plan out based on uh, projected growth. But now we're in this much more dynamic period where we have a gig economy, fluid workforce, uh, whatever you want, liquid liquid uh, workforce. How does Talent Insights facilitate more agile workforce planning? I imagine you're enabling organizations to be more responsive, more uh, proactive, kind of tidying up the process where formerly it was like a cumbersome, daunting thing. Now it's kind of been re-engineering uh, or re-engineered rather um, with the likes of the insight that you're bringing to the fore. Is, is that what you're seeing? And that's what is what you're advocating? Uh, you know, in other words, there's a new mindset that's required to adopt talent insights. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say that I think most of the talent professionals I talk to have already gotten there. I think Mm -hmm. they realize that the market is so fluid that there is no way to leverage the data from 18 months ago to make the decisions you're making today. And so I think what is truly unique about talent insights is it's capturing real-time changes in the labor market, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, new and emerging skills, who the new players are for those skills um, and you're right that the, the problem that a lot of these companies are facing, which is scarcity of knowledge workers, uh, intense competition, uh, you're seeing intense competition from across both traditional and non-traditional industries that need knowledge workers. And all of that makes the game very dynamic. One of the things I love to see in, in talent insights sometimes when we, when you do a talent pool search, one of the metrics we have after we show you the number of professionals in that market is what percentage of those professionals have changed jobs in the last 12 months? And it is very common amongst knowledge workers uh, to see 70 or 80% of the people in a talent pool have changed jobs in the last 12 months. That's, wow. that's insane. That's, wow. uh, that, that is a, an incredible metric. And I think just speaks to the dynamism of, of the knowledge worker labor market at this point. So, uh, so I think that there's already this instinctive need uh, or, or knowledge that people need real-time data. Talent professionals need real-time data to make decisions. And if they don't have it, there's a risk of, of their knowledge being out of date. And, and that leaves them vulnerable to uh, changes in the market or competitive dynamics that may make it difficult to achieve their, their strategic talent objectives. Yeah, I, I've absolutely agreed. And, and one of the follow-up questions I have on that, and yeah, I have a personal viewpoint on this, which you know, I'll share, is that Many organizations talk about workforce planning, yet they're not really doing workforce planning in 2018, 19, and, and beyond. They're doing more headcount planning. Oftentimes, it's driven by finance. Oftentimes, it's absence of skills. So now that you're bringing all this insight to the fore, uh, there needs to be a heightened level of creativity um, and a heightened level of uh, involvement across functions within an organization. So it's not only HR, it's operations, it's IT, it's others kind of designing how work gets done. And would do you think similarly, or how would you uh, advocate an enterprise adopt talent insight within its workforce workforce planning process? Who's in the room? Yeah, I think who's in the room is, I think people analytics is now playing a much more central role. And I think you see this happening, uh, I mean, it, it feels like it's it's almost becoming ubiquitous. It certainly will in the next five years. So people analytics often plays this quarterbacking role across talent functions and across, uh, you know, business functions internally. Um, I think in terms of adoption of talent insights, it's, you know, with people analytics, I think they have this sort of 
uh, correct view that Talent Insights is one component of one input to the broader set of data that's needed to make these decisions. So, you know, there are a lot of other factors that go into it. As you noted, there's there's finance and headcount uh, considerations. Uh, when you're thinking about new site locations, there's, uh, you know, real estate costs, costs of living, uh, relocation costs. There's regulatory issues if you're thinking about moving across borders. So all of that has to be considered when you're when you're doing these um, these kind of long-term planning processes. But it does feel to me like people analytics is very well situated to help um, to help most companies through these processes and and sort of inform all the key stakeholders along the way. I think one thing that still feels a little bit nascent to me is the relationship between talent acquisition and people analytics. Hmm. So you know I think. Talent acquisition can often feel frustrated when uh, long-term planning was done and then someone says, here you go. And uh, here's the plan, go execute on it. And so I think thinking about this from the the other direction, so when talent acquisition has access to to talent insights, I think it does allow them to be uh, a more equal stakeholder in conversations with the broader business. Um, And if people analytics isn't there, often they're, they're fighting against the tide of, um, decisions being made without any talent data input. Yeah. So I think that we've seen that be a, sort of a critical way to to up level the talent acquisition voice, so that they're not left uh, dealing with the consequences of, of other people's decisions. Yeah. Uh, gosh, absolutely. I mean, I love that you're saying that. And, and just to translate, in my view, that puts talent or people analytics in the role of facilitator. So it's enabling talent acquisition, it's enabling its its business partners. Uh, yeah, something that you said really um, yeah, caught my eye or you know, sparked a, a, a thought is that if people analytics is going to be effective in the future, historically, it People analytics was about, okay, we have these people within the workforce. We have to understand how they're thinking, feeling, what they're doing. But now increasingly, it's about getting insight into the broader talent market, which is obviously what talent insights does. However, many people analytics groups are kind of entrenched in a a legacy mindset. And I say that compassionately. I don't say that critically, where they think, okay, I have to go and get my internal data perfect or get it, you know, squared away, which is a noble pursuit. It has to be done. But oftentimes that is a rabbit hole that they never pull themselves out of. And if they kind of looked back and say, hey, you know, what's really my mission here? They might look outside the organization and secure a solution like Talent Insights. So my question for you is, you know, are you finding that to, to be true where you have to say, hey, you know, what is People Analytics to you? What is its mission? And we can actually help you by, you know, investing in us as a partner as opposed to trying to build everything internally. Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely, I think some of that uh, mindset exists. And I think for the most part, People Analytics teams that have gotten stuck at the transactional phase, basically mining data out of internal systems and just trying to instrument or, or measure the things that already exist. Um, I, I tend to think that they want to move away from that and evolve away yeah. from that. Agreed. I think there is probably an analog historically to, to sales ops. You know, sales ops initially had to mine data uh, to help advise the business. And there was a transactional phase for sales ops. For 
people analytics, I think we're starting to move out of that phase. And I think the the there's no fear. I think my sense is everybody wants to just spend their time advising. And that's what will happen. As long as um, we can continue to automate some of the things that have been, do, been done manually, uh, and I think Talent Insights is certainly a part of that, then it allows people analytics to raise their game. They're, they're no longer spending time just mining data. They're spending time interpreting data and advising. And I think that's where everybody, want, everybody wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it earlier, and I want to come back to it now based on what you just shared, is you know, this notion of competitive intelligence and understanding not only your own organization, but what's happening in the space, or whether it be you and technology and you're competing for scarce talent in certain geographies. So what is the use case? What does it look like to use talent insights to get a better grasp of your competitive uh, landscape in terms of how you're acquiring and, and developing and retaining talent? Yeah. So I think this is one of the, the really unknown quantities of Talent Insights because nothing really has existed like this before. Um, when I think about the, the amount of competitive intelligence that was available on companies previously, uh, you know, what are the, what's happening within a workforce at a company? It's very hard to know what their hiring patterns are. You could extrapolate some of it from job listings. You could extrapolate some of it from um, earnings reports. But there was never a neatly packaged view of a company's workforce, um, their growth areas, you know, which locations are they growing in, what roles are they hiring in those locations, what skills are they adding, and what does that say about what their broader business strategy is. Yeah. So I think we're, we're very much in the early days. Um, and I will say that it is clearly people analytics that's doing this in, this in uh, competitive intelligence mining from Talent Insights. I think here are a couple of examples that I think we've seen so far that are promising and I think will continue. Uh, one is when two companies are competing in the same space for the same market share, often what they want to know is within R&D or within sales, what is the concentration of certain critical skills that, that they think are important to winning the game they're playing? Mm -hmm. Talent Insights now gives you the ability to do a quick comparison side by side with a competitor and see the concentration of a skill uh, against that competitor. So in a, in a sales world, do we have the technical sales uh, skills we, have, we need to win the cloud game, for example? Um, you know, in pharmaceutical, do we have the R&D skills we need relative to our competition to win the game we're playing? And I don't think any real uh, view has existed like that before. I think it's all been anecdotal evidence and uh, people's best guess based on hiring, uh, based on job posting data. But now I think you can get a pretty, pretty solid and directionally accurate view of, of that competition. So that's one example that I think we're seeing um, more commonly. The second thing is, you know, the, the broader strategy question. So when we see a, an emerging skill set at a company, mm -hmm. uh, what does that say about their strategy? Um, what does that say about where they're going in the next 24 months? And you know, we don't always know all of that, but I think they have the context internally between their people analytics teams and often their corporate strategy teams to interpret data that they see in Talent Insights uh, that gives them a sense of, of where competition might be heading and how the market's changing. So um, I think it's early days and we're going to see some very exciting use cases and, and hopefully uh, some case studies that we can document uh, over the next couple of quarters. 
Well, one of the things I got excited about when I had the privilege of uh, participating in Talent Connect uh, last month was uh, you could actually see from an organizational level where your people have gone, where, where you've lost them to and, and where they're actually you know, coming from. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, so I think I think that is the most common question. This is uh, people analytics, talent acquisition, everybody wants to know this. Uh, so who's leaving our company and where are they going? Mm-hmm. We've always been able to report on where people go um, at your company. What I think we can do now with Talent Insights is address questions like, are we losing our best people or are we losing people with critical skills? Hmm. So you can filter a company report by function or title or, uh, or a set of skills. And then you can analyze both your talent flow and attrition rate just within that population as it's defined by title or skill, hmm. which is fairly revolutionary. I don't think that... that uh, um, capability has existed in the market prior. And so what it might reveal is something like, well, our engineering attrition rate looks great, but if we think about uh, just the skills required to win, you know, the, the artificial intelligence battles we're, we're in, um, I think often what you will find is companies are having a, a tough time retaining their best engineers or the engineers with the most critical skills. They see attrition rates sometimes two or three times as high as their base population. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that there's this stratification within, even within knowledge workers, that there are some that are harder to, harder to hire, harder to retain. And now we're actually able to give companies visibility into how they're doing at, at both hiring and retaining uh, those populations. And that's really exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, so it's, it's super, super cool. So one of the things I want to do is bring everything around. So we've talked about competitive intelligence, recruiting strategy, location strategy, uh, workforce planning, there's a lot of people who can dive into the tool. So the value proposition, I think it's pretty significant. Um, so congratulations for bringing that to life. It's also uh, arguably a, uh, could be a bit muddy. In other words, who's your buyer at the end of the day? Um, and I'll just, you know, who does buy it? And, and, you know, where are those prioritized, if at all? Well, I think historically, the talent solutions team at LinkedIn has built relationships with talent acquisition. Those have been that's our that's our legacy relationship and one that has made the business successful. So most of the time we're starting the conversation with talent acquisition. We believe strongly in the strategic role they play within organizations. And uh, I think one of the, the visions for Talent Insights is that we're empowering talent acquisition to be smarter, to be better, uh, and to advise the business. Uh, but I do think, you know, 25% of the time at least we're having conversations with the people analytics counterpart. And so they are, they're making a joint decision. And, and then I think there's a question of, well, once we've purchased the product, how does it, how do we deploy it? Who gets access? What we're seeing so far is it's a mix of IC recruiters, talent acquisition leaders, people analytics professionals, employer branding leaders, Mm -hmm. all roughly an equal mix. I would say if you, if you just took those four, um, uh, user types. And so what I think is kind of the conventional wisdom, the conventional wisdom that's emerged in the last six weeks, which is obviously subject to change, is that um, there's a certain set of strategic recruiters. They need to work closely with hiring managers or with senior business leaders uh, on roles that are absolutely essential to success. They need direct access to the product. They need to be conversational. They need to be able to talk about strategy. Certainly their managers do. Right. And then people analytics and employer branding, I think it's fairly, uh, it's already, I think, fairly well entrenched that they need to have access to the product. So 
that's kind of the adoption that we've seen so far. And there's a smattering of other user types and, and we'll see if anything else interesting emerges in the next several months. It's, it's really um, fascinating for me because it just frankly dawned on me at, at this moment is that there's been a hard challenge that people and professionals, having been one myself, have struggled with is getting that quote unquote single version of the truth. Um, and because there's been a lot of competing data sets, finance, HR, and now there's external data sets such as yours that hopefully tell an aligned story. Sometimes it's not the same story. But what I'm hearing is that potentially talent insights can be that kind of priority data set that guides strategy. Do you see that evolving towards that end? Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think that there are all the reasons in the world to believe that that's going to happen. Um, so, you know, in terms of source of truth, I, I think it's worth addressing that for a moment. I think we get a lot of questions about LinkedIn's data coverage. Uh, does LinkedIn have coverage in different markets? Uh, what about non-white collar professionals? So I'll just start by saying that in the vast majority of major economies in the world, we have more than 75% of the white collar professional workforce represented on LinkedIn. Wow. So I think that goes beyond representative data to data that's almost nearly comprehensive on the market. Certainly will tell the right story about who the top employers are within talent pools, what the fastest growing skills are. So from that perspective, we feel like we're on the right track to being the global source of truth for labor market data. Uh, we're, and we're also going to work on some things that help our users contextualize the information they're seeing. So one of the things that's come up is uh, if I'm looking at data in Germany, where we have roughly 45, 50% of the professional market, um, you know, can I, uh, can I see the, the difference in confidence score between, say, Germany and a market like Sweden, where we have, you know, more than 90% of the professional market? We're going to build some of those things into the product so users can uh, determine for, for themselves uh, how to apply the data to different problems, whether it's above the bar for them to to apply it to a big decision. Uh, but I would say, as a general rule, we feel great about leveraging LinkedIn data as the source of truth on the labor market. Yeah, so super interesting. I yeah, I could talk to you for days on this. <laughs> we don't have days, but uh, as we start to you know wrap up, what is what lies ahead for for Talent Insights, or what would you advise? Um, those who are listening to, to think about if they're thinking about securing this uh, solution for their organization? Yeah, so what lies ahead, I'll start with that. Um, what lies ahead is we, we believe that while Talent Insights is, is a good and very cool product and has high utility on its own today, uh, we are eager to integrate it uh, with other products uh, in, in LinkedIn. I think our belief is that we want to respect the workflows that users have today uh, and don't necessarily want to force them to adopt new workflows to answer the questions they have. So for example, recruiters, uh, they, their workflow is really aimed at putting someone in a seat. And now we want them to do it thoughtfully and strategically and in conversation with the best data available on the labor market. Uh, but so I think to achieve that, we need to insert the data into their workflow as much as we possibly can. So that's, that's going to be a major priority. And I think you'll see integrations with our recruiting products, uh, integrations with uh, Talent Hub, which we announced uh, at Talent Connect this last year, our ATS, and then integrations with our learning products, because we think that that can be a powerful catalyst for 
uh, smarter workforce planning, smarter build by decisions that uh, that companies are making. Sure. Mm-hmm. So with that, and again, I just want to emphasize if I'm, as I'm listening to you, there's a value proposition in for the individuals, because if I am going through your learning product and I'm able to publish what I've learned, now the probability that I get found and uh, recruited or even developed internally you know, goes up. So first off, is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I want to come back to that second part of the question and sorry for bundling them together, but no, that's okay. If you were going to advise anyone um, who's considering talent insights, you know, what would be, and of course we touched on it throughout, but what would be, you know, your one or two things that, hey, this is something that you really have to think about? I think what I would ask is, you know, is there another way to uh, achieve the same answers uh, without talent insights? I think it's relatively difficult to do. I think what we think we're achieving is we're replacing a lot of manual work that um, had varying uh, varying accuracy or veracity to it um, and replacing it with a single source of truth that we think can help create a fact base that um, will speed the time to making decisions, um, speed the time to, to coming up with uh, planning processes. So we think it's an, it, over time, over the next few years, it's going to be an essential utility. And I think what I would say from the early adoption that we've seen is like we're, we're well on our way to that, um, that we have seen companies from just a, a vast array of industries, uh, traditional and non-traditional alike, including mining and construction and, and places where you would think that there's not a huge appetite for data on knowledge workers, but, but clearly there is. And really from every region in the world, I think we've, we've seen adoption. Uh, you know, we just had our first customers join um, from South Africa and Kenya just in the last week. Um, I think we're seeing adoption globally. So the, the appetite seems universal, and I believe that the product really addresses some of the critical questions that I, I'm not sure are really possible to answer any other way. I think the, the closest alternative uh, that exists today would probably be government data and government data just has, um, you know, it, it's, it's aged. Uh, the taxonomies are not up to date. You know, the, the newest, the newest titles and occupations, the newest skills are, are generally not present in government data. And we're capturing all of those things more or less in real time. And we're able to surface those, those insights and answers within talent insights within 30 to 60 days of them emerging as kind of a, a global, uh, uh, a global dynamic within the labor market. So, um, I think we've I think we've got something that that is going to become essential over the next few years. Yeah, and just to emphasize that data is of a high quality because there's a value proposition in it for the individual members themselves. Is that that's exactly right? Yeah, individual members on LinkedIn benefit by giving us um, information about themselves, and that transaction with LinkedIn is very clear. Uh, we're very clear about what we do with the data uh, and how it's used. We're also very clear about what they get in return for that. And the better data that, that we get from members, the, the more we're able to generate great job recommendations and uh, great mentoring recommendations and, um, and help them connect with people that are going to help them advance their career. So, uh, so that's exactly right. The, the, member, the member's first approach for LinkedIn is absolutely foundational to everything we do. And in, in, in the end, it enables a product like Talent Insights to exist. Well, Eric, congratulations to you and your team. Thank you for sharing. How can uh, listeners and viewers learn more? Uh, so listeners 
can learn more by going to linkedin.com slash insights and getting the lowdown on, on all things Talent Insights, including uh, use cases, success stories from other customers, um, and, uh, and I think a, an overview of uh, all of the different data, data sets and insights that are available in, in Talent Insights. Yeah, and I'm super excited. You all will be at the People Analytics Future of Work Conference uh, in late January, early February as well. So excited to see you there, and I'm sure I'll see you beforehand. But thanks for joining me today. It's been fantastic to learn about what you're doing with Talent Insights and wish you all the best. Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me. Really great to be here. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.